Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to The Hotbed. This is the podcast brought to you by The Hotbed Collective. We are a merry band of women hell-bent on making the world a better place, one orgasm at a time. I'm Lisa Williams and you are... I'm Nikki Nacky Noodle. No, I'm Anarchy Somerville. What was that, Anarchy Somerville? <laughs> <laughs> well, that used to be my... Um, that was my nickname as a child, Nikki Nacky Noodle. Really? Because you're Anarchy? So I just thought oh. I'd just... Uh, I'd throw you a little curveball. I had a few like nicknames as a kid. Um, Nicky Nacky. Nicky, because that's the other strange thing is that I have two identities on this earth. Um, some people address me as Anarchy and then a huge tranche of people also address me as Nicky and Anarchy. Is that all your older friends? Your older well, friends? it's just, I think it's weird. It's kind of, when I started work, um, people started to address me as Anarchy. But up until that point, I'd always been Nicky. So... Yeah, it's, it's 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 a weird one. See, I can't change now. I can't go back. Once you're anarchy, you're anarchy. And it takes, honestly, for you to have changed your name by default and to have sat me down and staged an intervention for me to change what I have initially started to call you. I find it impossible to revert. So everyone in the whole world could call you Nikki, but you're still going to be anarchy to me. Well, in fact, you're anarchy, anarchy Somerville. Somerville. What about you, though? Like What's your, so I'm your, very formal. But have you got a little nickname? I get called... Um, Daddy and I always just and I try and whisper to them. I'm mummy. Mummy's the best. Mummy's the best. Mummy's. How much do you love mummy? Yeah, I do. That's that's one of the things you're really supposed not to do with parenting is ever ask your children who you love the most. But there are times (laughs) when I have actually lent in and I've said, "Look out of the two of us. Like you do love me a little tiny bit more, don't you? Just a tiny bit." And then absolutely adamant that that's not the case. But I just, I need that little bit of reassurance that all of that stuff I went through was worth it. (laughs) Speaking of which, today we're going to talk about vulvas. Vulva. Not Volvos, because it's not like we have a new sponsor, sponsored by, sponsored by Volvo. I'd love that though. It would be good to be sponsored by Volvo Mm. on a Volvo episode. Very good. But uh, we're going to talk about vulvas. Do you like using the word vulva? Tell me now, because let's have a little sense check. Because when we started this podcast, we didn't use the word vulva and we've evolved to start using it because we were told that was the correct language and in our book we talk about vulvas and clitorises and, and vaginas as the internal bit and we're, we're quite like on message now but how do you feel do you like using the word no I don't know I think um I still I still prefer probably vagina I know it's you know I know it's not the right terminology there's just something about vulva um, I'm pretty sure that there was one of the singers in the Velvet Underground was called Vulva. 
Or is that, am I thinking of someone else? It just reminds me of a sort of slightly obscure band singer, possibly with a lot of eyeliner on. But that just might be me. I don't know why. I've got a problem with the word. Yeah, we did the Volva song, didn't we, in an, in an episode gone by. I can't remember which episode it was, but I quite like that. That's the electro, electro Euro pop song. Volva. My name is Volva. They call me Vagina. It's not my name. I can't remember it now. Anyway, um, so you prefer vagina in all senses. Like, would you would you use vagina at the doctor? Would you use vagina if you're talking to your kids? Would you use vagina in bed? Is it just a well? A it's funny. I would probably I would see with little with kids. You're supposed to use vagina, obviously, and I would probably am now moving more towards that. But it, we are nunny at the moment, so nunny is still the kind of descriptive term for that area so you've got a nickname you've got a nickname for yourself Nikki Naki Noodle Nikki Naki Noodle Nunny and for the vagina. the vagina what about you vulva you're, you're vulva the... all the way I imagine vulva in the well, vulva I'm the only vulva in the household so actually it doesn't come up very often with the children um, and I have used the word vulva with the kids I just yeah I've had a full conversion I'm happier with it now but I was I did an event recently with Lynn uh, Enright who's the author of Vagina and Education we did a like panel event where I spoke interviewed her about her show off brilliant book and I said why didn't you call it Vulva and Education and she said yeah I know I should have done but you know vagina is still you know a shorthand it's still a, a word that a lot of people understand without hesitation and someone in the crowd basically then said you know off the back of because we were talking about Gwyneth Paltrow and we'll get on to her in a minute but someone in the crowd said I think that there's a bit of a backlash now and that when you force words through like vulva you are shaming people that don't that don't use them and I wondered what you thought about that do you feel shame in not using the word vulva when you're around um gyne army like me no (laughs) (laughs) I could never no I've got too many other bloody things to worry about anarchy has no respect for (laughs) no I just think I no no I know I mean maybe no I've got other things that I could feel ashamed about far more quickly than whether I'm using the right terminology for my vulva stroke vagina I don't know yeah, I, so they sometimes is, think this yeah. sort of I don't know I, I agree I mean it's good to have a, a common term that we all use and we're comfortable with but if somebody wants to call it vagina then I'm not going to call them out on it I would never call them out on using the word vagina I think it depends what hat I'm wearing if I'm wearing a kind of um everyday beret let's say and someone uses a sort of pet word for it I'd be like that's fine if I'm wearing maybe like a big fruit arrangement hat and someone says what should I say to my kids? I would always say vulva and I'd say, and I'd take the official line, which is there's no difference between calling a nose a nose, a chin a chin and a vulva a vulva. Um, So it depends what hat you've got me in when you talk to me. And I think in bed, I think call it what you want, actually. I think that is completely... Up to you. Free for all. Good. Yeah, it's a vulva... Monkey monkey tennis. Pussy whatever minge minge is minge is, no it's horrible i'm just trying minge to think about all of the, of the horrible bus. words that you know boys used to call it at school but yeah no minge minge is really not nice minge is like back of the bus bullying kind of like oh minge you know don't like it yeah it sounds like it's a horrible sounding word it is it's whereas i think vulva is quite nice i think it's quite soft and quite sweet yeah okay 
The reason I bring it up is because I do a bit of work, both paid and voluntary, for the Eve Appeal charity, and they fund research into the prevention of the five gynaecological cancers. And we've done shows for them before, haven't we? Fundraising shows. Yes. From those shows, do you remember, can you name the five gynae cancers? No. But then I... I... Can you name one? Mm, Ovarian? Yes. Yes. That is literally the only Anyone? one I could... Is it, it, we should probably tell listeners that this is the end of a very long week that we're recording. Um, <laughs> and we're we're both in separate locations, which doesn't impact on my brain power. But I think my, certain tabs in my brain have just switched off so that only the most yeah, essential we the bits are, are working at this stage. I think if we were in the room, we would be sort of self-transmitting some gynaecological energy to each other. Yes. And you could name also cervical cancer... Um, womb cancer, vulval cancer, and vaginal cancer. That's right, okay, isn't it? You're you right. Name all I could have done. The same they way. were at the top of my mind. During May, they've got a big campaign called Get Lippy, which is about buying one of their partner lipsticks or lip salves, which will donate money to their work. So you get to have a lovely, pouty, soft lip with a colour if you fancy it. Um, and you get to raise money for charity at the same time but it's also about speaking out and speaking proud about gynecological matters because a lot of women will not go to a doctor if they feel there's something going wrong like if they've got some unusual bleeding in between periods or an itch that won't go away if they're really bloated persistently and they're not quite sure what that is they sometimes won't go to a doctor out of embarrassment so that's what the campaign is about um would it ever stop you going to the doctor would you be able to say you know i feel like I'm bleeding when I shouldn't be or there's a lump on my vulva or would you have a bit of embarrassment? No, I think it's funny. I don't at all and that's probably... Um, I can understand why younger women would though because I think I'm probably a different generation and there's also that whole thing now about being slightly concerned about how you look and I think that, that didn't really... It's not ever been a factor for me sort of worrying about that so much in terms of, you know, people having surgery even to think about changing the way that their labia looks and things like that. So... I've never really worried about it. And I think because I had quite a difficult path to becoming a mum, I got very, very used to essentially just having to take my pants off and having people root around down there. And so that kind of happening on a daily basis over a a prolonged period of time, you just don't care anymore. In fact, I was talking to someone else about kind of giving birth and how sometimes if you have a any kind of birth, actually, it doesn't, doesn't have to be a vaginal birth. Again, you get to a point where you really just don't care anymore about people having a look or seeing you naked or, you know, so it's in a way it's quite good because it, it liberates you. That doesn't mean that I wander around the neighbourhood with no pants on, but it just means that... Mm-hmm. I, you would if you, you I don't. Know, yeah, I don't worry about it as much as... Actually, when I was younger, I do remember going to have a smear test and being much more preoccupied sort of trying to breathe in being worried about what my tummy looked like and that kind of thing but now not so much so wondering what your tummy looked like well because I was lying down and I had nothing I had like a sort of holding this sort of little bit of tissue I think sometimes you don't really think about what you're going to wear when you go and have a, a smear test so if you've got if you've got I think the outfit I had on meant that I had to take everything off and I just had a, mm. a sort of bra <laughs> on or something so I felt very exposed um, and in fact the guy got up and left it was a man he had to go off and do something else and so I didn't know what the etiquette was in terms of you know I was I was then sat with legs in stirrups and I was and somebody then opened the door behind me 
so I was then kind of feeling very vulnerable because I was kind of like, do I need to now? He's left the room, but he's not finished. So should I get dressed quickly or should I just stay here? So, I mean, there's, there is loads of awkward stuff. But um, how about you? Are you kind we of... need like, yeah, we need for cervical smears to wear, you know, like those baby dungarees with the little poppers on the inner leg. And then we can just go pop, 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 like it's a nappy change. Perfect. That's it, isn't it? Because, I mean, you might even think about your legs being hairy and that kind of thing, you know, or whether you've cut your toenails. The nurse gives no shits. No, she gives no shits. About stuff like that. I think when I was... That's the official line from the NHS is like, the nurse gives no shits. I know. Well, when I was giving birth, actually, I remember I kept saying, oh, I haven't done my bikini line for quite a long time. And I remember the the midwife just being like, really? We're we talking about that now. I think they must get a lot of women feeding back on God. that. They do. And also a lot of gynecologists say the same thing. They say like... Probably 90% of women will make some kind of, oh, I'm sorry, like some kind of apology. And it's just not needed. Save your, save your energy. Uh, so we're going to listen to an interview that I did with the really wonderful Dr. Anita Mitra. She's at Geek at Geek on Instagram. And she's just brilliant. She is a gynecologist, but she's also like an Insta star. Um, so she does Instagram lives. She does lots of Q&As. She talks about things like PCOS and endometriosis, um, any sort of gyny issue that you might be having. She'll do a lot. I mean, she obviously can't give you bespoke advice online, but she does lots of Q&As with general advice. And she is a, you know, working practicing doctor and she's an Eva Peel ambassador and she is also talking a little bit about um, incontinence and pelvic floor dysfunction so she's right up our alley. This is a sponsored post, this is a sponsored, sponsored post. It's Anarchy here. I'm just calling you up because um, I've got my period. Um, I'm thinking I might try one of those new moon cups. Oh, moon cup, you say? Well, that happens to be my favourite subject. How did you know? I just guessed. You're that kind of gal. I'll take it. I actually did wonder what it would take for me to convince you to try moon cup. I've sort of had my eye on bringing you to my side, the dark side of the moon. Oh, I know, I know. And you're always keeping me up to date with all the latest things in sanitary care as well, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a joke. This is true. Um, so I've been using my moon cup for a long, long while. It's the only one that's made in the UK. It launched in 2002 and I started using one. I think I was, you know what? I think I must have been one of the original users because I was at uni at that time and I saw it advertised on the back of a toilet door with a sticker. It was kind of guerrilla marketing. And I was like, what's this moon cup thing? And I tried it. And I've got through about three of them since then. So I've kind of got rid of, of, you know, a couple. I lost one and the other one I just thought was looking a little bit sad and got rid of it. When you say that you lost it, you didn't lose it inside yourself then? No, no, there's no way. The only way is down from a vagina. There's no way all the way up. Um, were you worried? Yes, I was worried. I was worried. That was one of my barriers as to why I haven't tried it. Why else haven't you tried it, mate? Um, well, I'm going to go back to my normal voice now because my uh, my accent wasn't working there. Um, I think one of the things I was worried about was kind of just how it feels and the size of it. Um, I suppose post-baby, still only a year and a bit in, um, I've been probably a bit more wedded to using towels just because they feel a bit more comfy. There's two different sizes, so... 
you just have a look at the, the table and they've got a sort of slightly bigger one and a slightly smaller one, depending on whether you've had a baby and how old you are. They've got an advice line that you can call up and really have a little chat with them about any issues that you have. I know a lot of people have questions about whether to use it with, you know, a coil or anything. And I'm not best placed to answer that question, but they have an advice line that with medical professionals. So if you are worried, you can give them a ring. Oh, well, thank you, Lisa. Thank you for all your advice on the Moon Cup. Have I have I won you over? Well, you know what? I think I might give it a whirl. What have I got to lose, really? Um, and I guess there's also the whole area of wastage as well. And uh, I'm feeling a bit guilty about my carbon footprint and all that stuff. So uh, that's another reason to try it. It's true. And if you go to the Moon Cup website, Website, they've got this amazing ticker. It's like a real time ticker that tells you how many tampons and towels have been diverted from the waste stream. So every time they sell a moon cup, they kind of work out this is how many tampons and towels that we are saving. So look at it. You'll find it very motivating. Right. While you're there, mm-hmm. listeners, if you want to buy a moon cup, you can use the code hotbed and get 10% off, which makes it around or less than 20 quid mm. can you give me that a little address again that information again please it's mooncup.co.uk all right i'm off to go and have a toasted cheese sandwich now see you later end of the sponsored post hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Gyne Geek, hello. Hi. I've forgotten your real name. I mean, I haven't. It's just you're Gyne Geek to me. It's a strong brand. I know. People come up to me and they're like, oh, you're Gyne Geek. And I'm like, well, yes, my name is also Anita. <laughs> <laughs> so we met through the Eve Appeal. You're an ambassador. Yeah. I work for them doing some social media and you were one of their Get Lippy ambassadors and generally all-round vagina champion, gynae army member. So I think we've got a lot in common. Yeah, vagina champion, I like that one. I I quite like that on my office door, actually. Oh, there's so many possible titles for you. (laughs) How did Gynae Geek come about? Um, Really through my frustration of seeing kind of really bad 
information nonsense written online, um, particularly on social media, lots of kind of people who maybe weren't qualified, but, you know, well-meaning, mm. um, but just not really kind of getting the right information out there. And also, um, a lot of my patients would come to clinic and say, I know I should know this, but... Mm. Um, and well, if you've never been taught, how would you know? Mm. Uh, and I, I just realized that there was a lack of engaging and reliable information out there about women's health. And it's something that affects us every day. A lot of the time we think that women's health is just periods. Uh, and that may be something that happens once a month or that you hope is going to happen once a month. Mm. Um, but no, it's not. It's something that happens every day. It's all about hormones, discharge, um, periods, um, problems with your bladder, mm. all these kind of things. And then obviously um, pregnancy, sexual health, contraception as well. So what was the kind of dodgy information that you were seeing was it around periods or was it sort of focused on a what what kind of area was it that worried you well I think I started it when we were at the peak of like clean eating and Mm. you know peak wellness maybe (laughs) where a lot of people had a lot of opinions about what we should and shouldn't be putting into our bodies Uh, so I was seeing a lot of uh, kind of dodgy information about changing your diet that maybe wasn't really um, very accurate um, and also I was seeing a lot of bad-mouthing really about hormones and people causing a lot of fear-mongering. And I was seeing that in the clinic translating into a lot of people not wanting to use um, hormonal contraception, mm-hmm. people sort of steering towards maybe less reliable natural alternatives, mm-hmm. um, but also you know, not wanting to have treatment for chronic conditions, um, things like endometriosis that we mm-hmm. see quite a lot. Um, that was really, yeah, they were the main things. And you thought, hang on a minute, I'm going to be a, a vagina champion and get some truth out of there. Yeah, and I never really realised that that many people would be interested. I just thought that it would be a few of my friends and my mum liking my posts. But no, um, yeah, people were really interested. And that drove me even more because I realised that there was such a lack of information that people really needed it but also that social media was a great way of getting the information out there because we all want information and we want it quickly and I think it's also a nice way of starting a conversation if you can maybe tag your friend in a post or share a post with someone uh, I think that's a really great way of getting girls and women um, talking about it within their um, their friendship groups and their communities. So you talked at the launch of the Eve Appeals Get Lippy campaign which was all about breaking taboos, et cetera, around women's health. And you talked about how a lot of people just didn't realise that stuff wasn't normal. So the woman, the poor woman who was bleeding so heavily that she wouldn't leave the house for three days when she was on her period and soaking through towels, et cetera. Is that a kind of common theme that people women don't realize or you know female body people don't realize what's normal and what isn't yeah absolutely so the story that you're referring to is the the first um it's the introduction to my book Mm. um and it's about a woman who was bleeding through towels as you say but they're not sanitary towels they're bath towels Mm. that's how heavy her period was um and so yeah that woman was somebody who really highlighted to me that we we suffer because we don't talk about what happens Uh, and that's how you know, if that's her period, she thinks that's normal. Uh, and so that's why we need to start the conversation, because we need people to realise from others what they're experiencing maybe isn't normal and empower them to feel that they can get help. Because there are so many people who suffer with terrible symptoms and they just say, well, I didn't really want to bother you. And that's what we're there for. So please bother us. If, you, if something's bothering you, bother someone else about it. And you've taken it all the way to the top now. So the video 
that went viral about It's Just a Vagina song that I helped put together. Rodri Marsden, obviously the mastermind behind it, and Athena, the CEO of the Eve Appeal. It was her kind of brainwave. And you went on um, this morning to talk about it. So, I mean, that's coverage for vulvas and vaginas like we've never seen before, right? Yeah, but it's really interesting because I actually got trolled after going on uh, this morning because I said the word vagina. Mm. Uh, and it's really it's really amazing because it was women saying it, really? not just men. Um, people were writing awful things on, on Twitter saying oh. like, oh, the things people will say to get on TV. What? And it's like, I'm not doing it to get on TV. I'm doing it because I want to help people. But people are really offended by it. And that just really encourages me and spurs me on that we have to break this taboo. Um, but yeah, people were like saying things like, I had to turn my TV off. And I just thought, gosh, there are so many patients that I see every day who would love to turn their symptoms off like people do their TVs. So, mm. you know, it, it's really important to get it out there. And it's amazing to have support of celebrities like Holly Willoughby um, and also get these things on primetime TV. That's what we need because these are problems that affect people every day. And I think the thought is that anything about vaginas, immediately some people are just like, oh, yuck, gross, disgusting. We just need to stop that, don't we? People either think gross, disgusting, or they think about sex. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot <laughs> that happens in between. And yeah, okay, it might be disgusting to some people, but it is life. People mm. have gynecological problems. Mm. And I certainly don't think it's disgusting. I would. It wouldn't be my job if I did. Mm. Um, and so, again, I don't want people to feel that someone's going to think they're disgusting if mm. they come to us with a gynecological problem. That's what we do. That's uh, that's my bread and butter. So you see a lot of vulvas. I do. And can you give some reassurance to listeners who maybe put off? Because, I mean, obviously, labiaplasty is growing mm. exponentially. Worryingly so. I think the numbers, when I looked at the, set, the study about it, the numbers are still quite small. It's the growth that's the problem mm. because so many more people are having them. And obviously, some people... This is surgery to the you know inner or outer labia, normally the inner labia. Yeah, to reduce the size of the, the labia, basically. And some people have it for pain and friction and whatever, but some of them are saying, no, it's because I want my vulva to look mm. better. So what reassurance can you offer to women? If, oh, you must see a lot. Well, just what you say about the number. So the number isn't maybe necessarily increasing that much because we're not really allowed to do it on the NHS mm -hmm. in very many instances. Mm -hmm. But the number of people coming forward to ask to have it done is huge. Right. And I see people all the time. Mm -hmm. um, um, and what I would say is that I've never really looked at a vulva and thought, oh, God, what's going on there? They're mm. all normal. And just as we're all different heights and shapes and sizes, some of us got big bums, some of us got big boobs, your vulva will not look like the person sitting next to you, but mm. it is normal. Mm. What can we do about it? Well, I think that we, you know, I look at vulvas all day, every day, so... I know what's normal, mm -hmm. in air quotes. But I think that there are lots of ways that women who don't have the same job as me can see what other vulvas look like. And I think that's that's the way we have to understand it. So there's some great Instagram accounts like the Vulva Gallery is amazing. I love that. And then also there's a there's a booklet that's been produced by the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, actually aimed at adolescent girls, mm -hmm. um, but for anyone. And um, I can't remember the name of it now. It's, it's, um, I'll find it and put it in the show notes, you should, everybody. But it's basically just explaining about what a vulva is and explaining that they come in all shapes and sizes um, and just helping people to understand that what they have is normal. When it comes to these issues, a lot of us are basically adolescent girls. Yeah. Because the education just hasn't continued. Absolutely. Or wasn't there to start with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the porn industry has a lot to answer to because maybe that's where a lot of us see vulvas. Um, otherwise, yeah. you wouldn't experience it. And they're not necessarily representative of what a normal female vulva looks like. 
Also, I don't know if this is something that you have information on, but my understanding is that the clitoris does extend into the inner labia. So what does labiaplasty mean for clitoris sensitivity? So your your clitoris is actually um, like a horseshoe. Mm. Um, and so it has the, well, it's got like the little bud at the top that everyone would associate with being a clitoris but then you've got two legs that come down um, and so that is a worry that potentially you can cause nerve damage if you are operating near mm. the clitoris um, uh, when you're reducing the size of the labia minora you wouldn't normally be cutting in that area but the thing is that nerves can go all over the place mm -hmm. and, and that is one of the complications is that you can get sort of chronic um, nerve damage and also scar tissue mm. and a lot of people actually in studies it's shown that they're not happy with their labia still afterwards mm, mm, so it, it's not something to take lightly but in most cases you would have to have it done in the private sector you wouldn't be able to have it done on the NHS now let's talk about continence da -da 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 -da. we talk about all the sexy topics here on the hotbed so people that listen to our podcast think oh great I'm gonna like learn about sex positions and actually it's <laughs> like pelvic floor continence and yeah. some basic stuff but our argument is always in order to have the great sex you need to get the basics right and I just got really bored of reading about sexy positions when I was like, hang on a minute, you know, there's so much psychological confidence work, body image, pelvic floor that needs to happen before you get to the to, to all the fun stuff. So I tell you what got my attention with this campaign, because you're working with always, yeah. right, was the hashtag we need to talk with a with w-e-e -E. love a pun it's and great I isn't it suddenly it turned my head so tell me about that yeah so uh, we need to talk is all about how we need to talk about incontinence or bladder leaks or whatever you want to call it um, and it's a massive problem mm. that there isn't a great deal of awareness about um, so 67 percent of people in a survey by always discreet actually said that they have bladder leaks and the most shocking thing, even for me, as someone who speaks to people about this problem day in, day out, was that actually in the younger age group, so 18 to 24, 64% of people who were in the survey actually also said that they had bladder leaks. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that it is more common after you've um, had a baby, for example, and, and with aging also it is a problem, but it's, it's a problem for anyone. And, and that's what I think is so great about this campaign. The advert, I don't know if you've seen it yet, is fantastic because it's got lots of different women in of all ages and particularly younger women. Mm. Uh, and I think that we need to get this message out there that it's okay to talk about it because you can get help. And a lot of people I see say offhand, oh yeah, by the way, I leak, but well, that's because I've had loads of kids. Mm. And, and it's something that I find women tend to accept. But a lot of them won't actually have admitted this to anybody that in their family, any of their friends. Um, and a lot of the time, they're not actually coming to see me about that as a primary right. issue. They're coming about another problem. Mm. And then I will specifically ask them about it or they'll mention it offhand. So we just want to get more people talking about it. It can be incredibly distressing. People may be avoiding social occasions. Um, it's not uncommon for people to avoid um, sort of intimate relationships, having sex um, because of it. Um, also, people feel, you know, like they're just the only one that it's happening to. Uh, and I think there's definite comfort in knowing that you're not the only one when you're suffering from a problem, um, but also that help is available. And what can you do? So if I'm listening to this podcast and I'm thinking, oh, but I thought it was normal to leak a bit when something was really funny, uh, <laughs> or when I was running for the bus, or when I went on the trampoline with my kids, what can they do about it? Yeah, so I think, first of all, if it's something that's distressing to you, then absolutely go and speak to someone about it. Uh, and so first 
thing I would do is actually go and speak to your GP so they can go through the history and examine you because most incontinence is actually due to pelvic floor weakness, mm -hmm. but not always. Mm -hmm. So there could be other reasons for why it's happening. So in particular, an overactive bladder, mm -hmm. also called urge incontinence, is a big problem where the bladder muscle um, actually becomes overactive and it will contract to cause urine to leak out when you don't want it to. Uh, and so that's something that often is treated very well with medication. And so if you're doing all your pelvic floor exercises and you're like, it's still not working, then right. you know, it may be that there's actually another element to it. Mm -hmm. um, the most common kind of incontinence is stress incontinence. So what you described about when you're, if you're jumping on a trampoline or running for the bus because you get more pressure um, put on the, on the bladder at that time and also more pressure on the pelvic floor. Mm. Mm. So yes, definitely see someone about it. I think that there's lots of... There's lots of tech out there these days, and we all like the idea of you know high-tech health um, interventions and things. But I wouldn't invest money in a, in a product such as a pelvic floor trainer or something until you've actually seen a healthcare professional, made sure that you know pelvic floor weakness is the problem. But actually, there's a surprising amount that you can do on your own if you're doing your pelvic floor exercises properly. Tell me now about vulval hygiene products. So there's a little bit of confusion because obviously. Um, Hang on, because obviously menstrual products, pads, tampons, moon cups, whatever, they are sometimes known as feminine hygiene products. Yeah. And that's kind of a necessity. We all need it. Absolutely. Anyone who menstruates needs to, you know, use something. But apart from that, there's this quite scary rise in the marketing of feminine hygiene wipes, washes, glitter. I've been sent a scrub, a scrub, an exfoliator. Oh I've been sent a mask, like a, like a face mask, but for my vulva. Um, and I think that's something you feel strongly about too. And certainly, yeah. again, mentioned the Eva Pill, which is Eva Pill branded, um, you know, that they feel very strongly about too. And I mean, their reason, which is what I wanted to talk to you about as well, is the reason they don't like it is because they can say sometimes an itch or a smell is mm. a sign of something that shouldn't be masked by one of these products, but checked out. Yeah, absolutely. So there's lots of these washes and uh, various other cosmetic items coming onto the market. Um, and it's really interesting because we don't actually need any of them. Mm. Uh, you can wash your vulva with plain water. Mm. Um, and so I find that a lot of people, um, you know, maybe who do have uh, problems with um, incontinence or when they're having their period, feel like they want to wash with something more. But that's going to cause the problem to be worse if you've got itching or irritation. Um, it's not going to help it. It's actually going to make it worse because it washes away the healthy bacteria that's there. Um, and so that's called the vaginal microbiome. Uh, that's something that I studied during my PhD. Um, and that's probably another episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, you don't need these products because it washes them away. And we don't need to smell like daisies. Um, I think that because they're on the market, people think, oh, am I supposed to be using yeah. these? Um, and I've noticed that a lot of people, since I've started talking about it on social media, said, oh, wow, I didn't really realize that we weren't supposed to. And it's because something's there. You think you should. Uh, and it's really interesting because um, there was a makeup artist who was doing my makeup the other day. And uh, she said, oh, we're not supposed to use them because I've just started using X brand of wash. And... Uh, well, I've just got thrush. And that's the thing. So it can actually cause you to get thrush, bacterial vaginosis. And in particular, if you're using it for itching, irritation, um, discharge, it will make it worse. I don't know anyone. I've never had a patient who told me that these products made them 
better. But I've told lots of people to stop using them and they actually say, wow, now the problem is gone. Yeah, absolutely. So avoid. So now you're the gynae geek and known as the gynae geek, sometimes known exclusively as the gynae geek. (laughs) Do people at parties and panels and things come up to you and be like, oh, I've got this rash? Yeah, all the time. And it's really interesting, actually, because um, people say, I'm too embarrassed to go and talk to my doctor about this. Not all the time, but, you know, a lot of the time. And I'm like, well, I'm a doctor, so why are you not embarrassed to go and talk to me? Um, So, yeah, I get it all the time. And... uh, I do try my best to answer the questions, but it's really difficult on social media because my uh, medical license doesn't allow me to give um, healthcare advice. So Mm. I just try and put as much information out there as possible. Mm. But it just does really highlight the fact that we often don't prioritize our gynecological health. We think that we're wasting our doctor's time. um, And that's why a lot of these um, symptoms go underreported often for a very long time. Um, and it, it's something that we need to realize if it matters to you, then you should go and speak to your doctor about it. Um, and as much as I do try and help people, yet remember, I can't give advice online. Everyone, please take note. Um, lastly, our book that's out, the Hotbed Collective book, More Orgasms, Please, Why Female Pleasure Matters. Um, doctor's opinion does female pleasure matter oh absolutely i think it's so important it's not just about baby making Uh, and again i think that's uh, something that people don't necessarily come forward and talk about because they think that they should only complain about you know any problems with sex or uh, gynecological health if it's to do with literally making a baby Mm. or a problem with their period but you know you can still come and talk to us about problems with with sex it's a big part of uh, people's lives and it's very important for relationships so yeah don't feel that it's something that's not important go and see your doctor read the book or follow at gyne geek on instagram and twitter which do you prefer Instagram, Twitter's very aggressive. Yeah, it, it scares me. So the trolling, the this morning trolling happened on Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah. Instagram, everyone's a bit nicer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's where we like to be as well. It's been so lovely to talk to you, Doctor yeah, Anita Mitra, me. and uh, we will hopefully, I'm sure, cross paths on many occasions. I'm sure now. we will. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. I love her. I wish she was my doctor all the time. She's just so accessible. I love that. I think it's good to be so um, clever, but also be able to put quite complex things in simple terms for morons like me. Definitely. Yeah, agreed. I'm like 100% signed up, paid up member of the Gynae Geek fan club. She's also got a really good book called The Gynae Geek. I I mean, if you've got that name, you don't really need to come up with a different title. No, it's a good one. Um, And yeah, that's a good one. So um, me and Vulvas... I realised that you bared all before the interview and I didn't say anything. Um, But yeah, last year I had convinced myself that I had a gynaecological cancer. So I thought I had vulval cancer because I had symptoms basically of what I thought was thrush. Really sore and itchy, but no like discharge or anything. Um, And Did you Google? I I bet you were Googling. Were you Googling? I did some Googling. I did some GPing and I was told that I had thrush and that didn't work, took the pill, took the the pessary thing. Um, and then I was told that I might have worms and that that was really common. I don't know how having worms makes your vulva itch, but apparently it's really It's common. very common if you've got small so kids, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what they looked at. So I took the pills, did absolutely nothing. I was in agony. And then I saw basically that one of the signs 
of like a vulval condition basically is that you have itching although I, I did desperately look around in the mirror the whole time to see if I could see anything and I could see absolutely nothing in the end I um, went to a specialist because I looked up dermatologist and gynecologist and found a woman that does both and waited months and months for my appointment but when I did eventually get there she said it's vulval eczema and she gave me basically essentially like a hydrocortisone and one of those you know that sort of like um very waxy cream that you put maybe on a kid if they've got eczema as a sort of emollient an emollient that's the word which costs three pounds for a huge tub and it lasts forever and I've just been using that now in the shower and it's been okay ah, it's like uh, I just, it's like a new lease of life, like I'm an old dog, you know, but literally it's so nice, like not to have um, an itchy vulva. Which <laughs> is just, well, it's just, it's so the problem but... is as well, which is awful, is that, you know, it's very difficult if you're out and about, like on public transport yeah. or at work. Yeah. Yeah, um, I used to work with itch. a guy actually who used to always, um, and we were in an office, an open plan office. He used to always shove his hand down his trousers and itch his balls, the underside of his balls, while he was waiting for the photocopier to sort of print up. And I was stationed right next to the photocopier, so I would always be privy to this this desirable action of his. Um, and it, it's just really strange. But I think for men, I think we actually write about it. And I, I can remember I have written about it somewhere, about the fact that for women... If you were doing that at the photocopier, it really wouldn't be acceptable. I think for men, it's it is unacceptable, but kind of that adjust public adjusting of yourself yeah, is quite yeah, awkward, yeah, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Like how do you how do you itch yourself if you're in public? You basically have to get into a cubicle, furiously do it, and then leave again. I found that it didn't go down that well if I was itching on like if I was sitting in a panel or on the train. It, just, <laughs> it wasn't. It's very not very becoming. professional. No, yeah, I found what I was doing. I was like doing the crab. I was like walking sideways. So I was like taking yeah, a really yeah. wide sideways step. I'm just, this is too much information. I'm normally quite buttoned up. This is too much info. But anyway, well, I'm being right. lippy. Okay. I'm getting lippy. I'm I think it's good. Yeah. But you know I'm, why it's good as well is that because there'll be women out there, no doubt, who might be presenting, and we're not doctors, so obviously if you are worried about <laughs> anything, do go to see your GP. But I think um, they may be worried about some of these things. And what is the moral of the story? The moral of the story is get yourself checked out and pray don't assume the worst until you've actually had a correct diagnosis because yeah, like, I think we're all a bit guilty three, sometimes. Yeah, it took me three visits and some Googling and then eventually, like the Googling was to find the right person to, to see, um, to get there. So yeah, it does take some work. The Eva Pill's got loads of information on the symptoms of gynecological cancer and often they say if, you, if you've got these it doesn't mean that you've got cancer but go and check it out so um go and check it out and in terms of the incontinence that we were talking about like I um I have just bored everyone to death talking about pelvic floor exercises but I do think that they're important and I think that the campaign that she did is actually it's a nice one because it's sort of like saying well look you know if you need to use an incontinence pad after you've had a kid or just with growing age like use one but then don't ignore the fact you can't use it to sort of paper over any damage that's being done you need to actually go and get that sorted as well and like pelvic floor dysfunction and wee wee coming out when it shouldn't be is something that can be can be looked into and fixed most yeah, I mean, time. what's interesting yeah. is because I went to that, I remember going to that event um, that was organised around sort of getting people talking about it was that there were young women 
um, present who hadn't had kids and had no underlying kind of conditions, but still had this stress incontinence. So I think one of them was a comedian, actually, who was experienced stress, stress incontinence, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, oh, God, I mean, it is incredibly it's it is incredibly stressful and I think just having people talking about it and realizing you're not the only one um and that there is things you can do are things you could do not there is are. things are things you could do let's chat should let's we talk. do a little should we do a little song about incontinence or you're not feeling in the mood um well how are we going to do it as an impromptu <coughs> duet <laughs> Um, I could start with the first line. So incontinence, I don't want to experience you anymore. Incontinence, for you I firmly shut the door. Incontinence, incontinence. why do you make me do a wee? Incontinence, I'm far away from the loo you see. Incontinence, I'm waving you goodbye. Incontinence, goodbye. Bye-bye. See, that's quite moving. Yeah, that's the chart topper. I could see us as like a little, you know, can't smile without you, like a folk duo singing, sitting down at the front of a church. Exactly. And your hair would be in braids and you'd be wearing a long, long sort of floaty skirt. And I'd be in um, a leather jacket and patchouli oil and not much much else. So then uh, I'll bid you a volva. Evolver, and um, we will we will speak soon. And if anyone listening to this wants to uh, tune in, and s- if anyone listening wants to slag us off, do so at at the Hotbed Collective on Instagram. No, don't slag us off. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.